You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity, you have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Stephen A., we are all happy to have you back on first take after your surgery, and we're pleased that you're doing well. Uh, but there's some question about how much time do you need off? You know, I had my hip replaced, and I was back to work the next day, and I realized they don't make them like they used to. Uh, and some people just do anything to get a day off. Uh, but good luck, and God bless, my friend. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Alright, welcome in. It is the Hump Day edition, Wednesday edition, Jay Barker Show, live from ABX and Lars Anderson in studio. Matt still got the uh, the week off. Uh, he's down at the beach and relaxing, enjoying himself. So good for him. Much, much deserved. Uh, we also got coming in uh, at 12.15, as normal, 
on Wednesdays. Roger Hoover from CTSN, Crimson Tide Sports Network, and uh, hopefully uh, Tim Brando may join us in the second hour around one thirty. Trent Richardson actually may be coming by, so we look forward to hearing from him and talking about his t- time in Mexico, uh, playing football down there, helping out with the new league that they started uh, in uh, Mexico. So a lot of uh, great things to get into, talk about today. But Tim Brando, yeah, he'll join us at one thirty. Coming up uh, in hour number two. But, uh, Lars, a lot to get into before we do that. The sponsors were presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Got the Top Golf today. We call it the bowling of this generation. You'll absolutely love it. And, uh, man, I tell you, with coworkers, family, and friends, a lot of fun with us uh, celebrating shots, laughing at shots. Lars takes Lincoln out there. They do the driving range pretty much. You sit back, eat some food, drink some drinks, and let him hit about a thousand balls, and <laughs> that's right. all done. All right, driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. How you doing this afternoon? A little wet, rainy, and uh, also a little foggy as well. Yeah, uh, doing really good. And um, you know, Coach Saban and Stephen A. Smith have a pretty unique relationship, and I know that. Um, you know, Stephen A. was very polarizing earlier in his career. And uh, I got to tell you, like, he, he's grown on me. Uh, he is really good on television. And, and you know how hard it is to uh, impress you. To, to consistently oh. be Oh, no. <laughs> to consistently be good on, yeah. on TV yeah. when the lights come on. And, and uh, when I I'm, still just don't like the, the, the yelling. I mean, the, even this morning, I, I, I've tried to watch it and I'm like, I, I got to turn it. I'm like, I, I can't. Con- it's, I, I, it, the I, back it, and forth. Now, when he gets on a rant and he he slows it down and starts talking about stuff, he's really good at it. His passion and and therefore and also also lack of passion time for the Dallas Cowboys is hilarious. It is pretty funny. Yeah, and and he he is what he is. He's an entertainer. Yes. And 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 look, he's and, and he knows the stuff. He 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 researches it. He gets he has great relationships. Um, all that stuff. Uh, he's horrible basketball. I've seen him. I've seen him shoot three or four times in NBA. I played with him. Have you really? <laughs> but three, three or four like, yeah, all star game, and then uh, two of the final games, he goes out there, he rolls the sleeves up, and he's at the three point. I mean, I promise you, the ball never hit the rim. No, never. Uh, he was horrible, air balls. A yeah. horrible looking shot. And he thinks, and he's out there he like doing all he's good. Yeah, he thinks he's all bad. Uh, no, <laughs> maybe it's part it, of the show. Before, maybe he's, maybe he's figured I, it all out. I don't know if they still do this, but. Uh, before NBA Finals games, they let the media come on and play uh, a pickup game for about an hour. And uh, this was years ago in San Antonio. And I, I didn't know who he was other than a reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And uh, we were on opposite teams and for whatever reason ended up guarding each other. And the dude called me for a charge <laughs> in a pickup game. In a pickup game. Yeah. And it was just like... He has no idea. He didn't even know the proper etiquette yeah. of a pickup game. Um, but, you know, uh, again, so he has uh, come down to Tuscaloosa a few times to talk to the team. And and uh, I know he's very good at public speaking. And he is, um, man, he has made a lot of money. I, I think he's one of the highest paid employees at, at uh at ESPN, and just to think that he's outlasted Skip Bayless. Uh, Max Kellerman is now doing a different show. I, I think very highly of Max, also a Columbia man. And mm-hmm. um, but but Stephen A. Um, yeah, he's he is very polarizing, and he does yell a lot, but he knows his stuff. You can't argue with that. And, and yes, he has a team of researchers. He does sometimes. I love when Teddy Bruschi and them would get on him because he wouldn't know his personnel. 
and he'll be oh. talking about the guy that's been traded like you know a year before. Yeah, and <laughs> look, you're gonna you're, you are gonna make mistakes. That, like, yeah. well, we do. I mean, yes. we make mistakes on yeah. you know, rosters, not remembering names, not yes. remember, whatever. I mean, it's a lot of um, a lot of information. He's, and he's uh, he's driven more on the human side and the emotional side of things more than he is on the on the statistical. Or, or the, uh, uh, the the roster side of things, I would say. And he he does have a book coming out that you he is just going to promote to death on uh, <laughs> on ESPN. So get ready for that. But um, it, it was interesting. Like he was talking about his book this morning, and he was asked, "Well, did you write it?" And he said, "Well, yeah, I wrote it. You know, but you know, I had help." Hmm. Okay, that tells me that you actually had a ghostwriter, and he re- he wrote all your words. But he's a writer. Oh, yes, he <laughs> yes. Oh, Stephen A. Smith he's started a as a journalist. Oh, I didn't know that. As a, okay. as a reporter, <laughs> like you can't write your right. own book. Well, it's another other uh, another personality. Sometimes uh, another big personality who was in this town for many many years wrote a yeah. New York Times bestselling book, and he didn't write his own book either. Right. Sometimes it's time. I think for a lot of the guys, they they feel like I got to have somebody that, that can kind of help me keep things moving in the right direction. And and, and also too, I think it's good to have, it, it just in my opinion, a second person to kind of look at and give ideas, come up with different storylines. No, I agree. That type of stuff. But I, I did not realize he was a journalist coming <laughs> he into. He grew yeah. up as a writer, <laughs> right? And he references him being a reporter, like you know, in the trenches, writing every day, mm-hmm. all the time. The exact same way that other person does, yeah. <laughs> and it but and it makes you believe like, oh, this this person is a real mm-hmm. like uh, writing reporter, working reporter for a, a, a newspaper or, or a media outlet or whatever. Not newspaper anymore, but a dot com. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, anyway, he's he has grown on me over the years. I used to not, I couldn't stand him, but uh, for a long time. But I, I think he. Um, uh, it has really sort of evolved, and um, well, this is interesting too. Like Skip Bayless has recently announced plans to write a book as well about his own life. So we'll have dueling books head to head. Bayless wow. and uh, <laughs> would you want to read about Skip Bayless's life? No, I, I, I've had many words to say about Skip Bayless yeah, on Twitter, too. and I and, I, and I've, I, I vowed that I was getting nicer on Twitter about uh, a year and a half, two years ago. I actually kind of got off of it. And uh, so, okay, I'm getting off the, the political side. The the because uh, I, I called him Skip Skip ba- uh, Baseless instead of <laughs> instead, uh, instead of Skip Bayless because um, he he just doesn't make sense a lot of times. It ain't sometimes. Yeah. It's a lot. He but but I think and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's his role. His role is to take the other side, and you got to kind of have that at times when you're doing shows like that. I wouldn't realize. I mean, Tony Curry was always so good. That we'd come in and Al and I would both look at it. We'd all three talk about topics and subjects. And as former players, we go, look, we can't take that side of this because we're going to lose all integrity with our former coaches, former players, uh, even media guys, whatever. If we say these things, they're going to know that we're, we're just saying it just to get the rating. So Tony would be like, okay, I'll do it. So he would always take the other side. And you know how Tony is. Once he takes a side, what does he do? He argues it like he <laughs> is like all – and we would get into it like – like not fights, but we would get into arguments on the air about stuff. We would go to break, and everybody probably thought we were mad at each other. When, when we went to when they hit break, and how it happens, the mics go off. We would all bust out laughing in the studio. Yeah, just at how funny that segment was it's because just, he took like, it to the extreme on the other side of it's it. It's just like a bit. It's a right? bit. That's it's what a it is. Bit. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's it's make believe. It's not not real. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, it does make for good radio, right? And, yeah. and good, uh, good conversation when there's tension involved. And um, but no, like I said, I, I think Stephen A has has definitely grown and evolved over the years, and and, and the fact that Nick Saban has so much respect for him. Mm-hmm underscores that you know and and i think uh one of the reasons that that he has Stephen a come to tuscaloosa to talk is because the players grew up yeah watching him watching yep. him yep. and he his words carry a lot of weight with them all right we come back uh espn a group of them got together ranked the top players in the country you're not gonna believe who's at number one well you will believe who's at number one also um Najee harris some interesting comments he made uh, about his relationship with Nick Saban and that uh, he lo- he left Alabama in 2020 for two weeks and then also I think left or almost left another time before that I think 2017 he discusses in the article and uh, we'll talk about that some of his comments about it coming up on the other side as well stay with us a lot to get into on this Wednesday edition again Tim Brando at 1:30. also Roger Hoover coming up next we'll talk more Crimson Tide with him You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few scattered showers and storms are possible through the evening hours. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and storms possible again. The high, 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You can go Pleasure to have him on, and sounds like he's driving or on his way somewhere right now. But Roger, great to have you on, and uh, man, hard to believe we're halfway through uh, fall practice, first scrimmage under our belts, and a lot to get into. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Yeah, on my way back uh, from Tuscaloosa, back home to Birmingham. So you know, if I'm in Tuscaloosa on a Wednesday, we've got to be getting closer to the football season starting. So uh, it's exciting <laughs> to know that everything is just around the corner here for the Crimson Tide. Well, you got one of those days coming back through. You got to stop by the studio and hang out with us for a little while. We'd love to have you here in uh, AVX Studios. Uh, let's start with, uh, yeah, let's start with something that happened last night, and that is the sale of alcohol. It got passed by the city council. Uh, this is something that they did at 6 p.m. last night, city council hall, and now it's got to go to the alcohol alcohol um, board and all that with the state, and you know all the legislation that goes around that. So, kind of, kind of give us your take on this. Do you th- think this is a good idea? What do you think about and did it, were you surprised that it passed last night? Uh, I was not surprised that it passed, uh, specifically when the SEC you know, made it to where you could have alcohol in stadiums, ending the long practice of not having that uh, a couple of years ago. I figured this day would come eventually, as I believe I've heard now nine of the 14 schools have it approved at this point. So uh, I think it's Alabama just keeping up with uh, the new trend in college football, and that's so uh, you're able to have alcohol uh, served responsibly in stadiums. So I think it's a really good thing uh, for Brian Denny Stadium, and I think – 
more and more schools are realizing you have to make the game day experience unique. And I think this is just something to add to that game day experience uh, to keep drawing fans to Bryant Denny Stadium as, again, times change, uh, attitudes change towards different things. And I think it's nice for the fans that want to partake that they now have this option inside Bryant Denny Stadium. Roger, we had the uh, Alabama had their first scrimmage this past weekend. Uh, just based on the comments of Coach and other players and your own reporting, do you have one or two big takeaways from that scrimmage? Well, first of all, Lars, I believe he really likes this team. I think that has been evident in all the comments he's made to the media over the last couple weeks. Um, so he, I, I think with that, there are no real glaring weaknesses with this group, but there's still the point of emphasis he's trying to make of the attention to detail has got to be there from the first team to the second team. And I think that was really evident when he talked about the offensive line on Saturday when he said, you know, the first team offensive line did really everything we wanted to do. Ran the ball efficiently, didn't make mistakes. They played together as a unit. You know, that's been one of the biggest worries for Crimson Tide fans going into the year. How would this group look? So the first team looks good, but the second team came in and didn't perform up to the standard that he wants to see. So I think there's still a lot of teaching, a lot of developing that has to happen over these next couple weeks before you get ready for Utah State. But the fact that he really is just focused on the small details right now, I think that's a pretty good sign for Alabama and where this team is at this point of fall camp. It sounds like Prentice has really showed off at wide receiver. I heard from not only at fall camp and, and early on that he was very, very impressive. Uh, had a, a really great scrimmage. Uh, Coach uh, really singled him out as one of the top receivers in the scrimmage as far as catches and what he was able to do as far as production. Some other guys that you're hearing about uh, at that wide receiver position, they're doing well so far. Well, just Jermaine Burton has taken over, and he has been uh, kind of that go-to guy, it seems like, for Bryce Young uh, from some of the video we've seen, from uh, what we've heard so far uh, from the coaching staff and the players. You know, and it's still hard to imagine in today's day and age of the transfer portal how you can compete against Alabama like he did and uh, win a national championship playing against this group. And then just a few months later, they've welcomed him in with open arms, and he's been a great teammate, somebody they can all rely on. So I think that's a really good sign for that wide receiver room, and I think the more we see from Tyler Harrell, the more he's 100% and good to go. I've heard nothing but good things about him, and you hate making comparisons, especially Coach Saban does, but uh, just from what I've heard at this point, you know, a lot of people point to Jermaine Burton being that John Metching type. A lot of people point to Tyler Harrell possibly playing a role similar to uh, Jamison Williams with what he was able to do last season. So if Bryce Young is able to have weapons like he had a year ago, back once again this year, even though they're different players, I think that's a pretty good sign because uh, we know Bryce is very comfortable in this offense. We know he can get the ball to playmakers in space, and that should be really exciting to Crimson Tide fans. Yeah, speaking of Jermaine Burton, I, I find his story very interesting, and, and, and Jay and I reviewed it uh, in detail yesterday, uh, the reasons that led up to his transfer from Georgia, and, and really just wasn't, he wasn't being a part of the offense the same way that uh, Brock Bowers, their terrific tight end, everything kind of seems to filter through him in the passing game. But but go back to the him being welcomed to the Alabama locker room. I, I find that very interesting, and I think it's probably reflective of the leadership in that locker room. Is that and then also the fact that they realize that this guy can really help them win. Do you, do you agree with that? 
I really do. I think it goes back to the Nick Saban process. And I think this team, and especially the leaders, like you just mentioned, Lars, um, starting with Bryce Young, Will Anderson Jr., I mean, they may be the best examples of the process that we've had throughout the Saban era. So for Bryce Young to see Jermaine Burton all of a sudden wearing crimson instead of Georgia red, He's not focused on what's happened in the past before and the fact that Jermaine uh, competed against Alabama. His mindset has already gone to the 2022 season. How are we going to score points against Utah State to begin the year and then against Texas, then in the SEC play? So uh, I'm not surprised at all by that. And I think it speaks volumes that not only Bryce Young, but the entire wide receiver room, offense, everybody was just uh, welcoming him with open arms because they realized, like Coach Saban tries to say every single year, is a rebuilding year regardless of you want SEC championship, national championship year before, every single team is different, uh, even the great teams that Alabama's had. So the fact that Jermaine Burton is able to be part of what we hope will be a really special 2022 season, uh, I think says a lot, again, to the character of this team, and I believe it really starts with the leaders, starting with on the offensive side of football, Bryce Young, and that's, that's just his character, and that's his personality, and it's another reason why Alabama is the perfect fit for him as a program, because he's able to have the values he's already had growing up and all throughout his life. He marries that perfectly with this program that is all geared towards the process. We are talking with Roger Hoover, CTSN. He's with us each and every uh, Wednesday at 12.15. Always great to have him on. Uh, let's move to the other side of the ball, defense. Um, and I've told Lars and the guys before, uh, looking at what's on paper, looking at what's coming back, um, and, and even knowing what's happening kind of at, at practice right now. If if Christian Harris would have come back, I think this may have been Coach Saban's best defense uh, that he's had in a long, long time, if not ever, in the 15 years he's been there. But how good is this defense going to be this year? The leadership they've got in the secondary with Jordan Battle. Uh, you got guys like Will Anderson, and uh, we've talked a lot about just uh, you know DJ Dell, that leadership that he's really stepped into that role. Talk about this defense. How good can they be? I think they can be really good. I think it really all starts up front with a the push they're able to get from uh, DJ Dale, Justin Boydby, and also you know, a guy like Tim Smith I think is going to have a lot of opportunities to impress this year. And then just the fact that Henry Toto is back uh, as a signal caller at that Mike yeah. linebacker position. Yeah. And, you know, last year he was able to really – Get that defense organized and play to a very, very high level. But you just add in another offseason, spring practice once again, a whole summer to be in Tuscaloosa with Alabama strength and conditioning staff, with his defensive teammates to be on the same page even more. I think this defense is going to look really organized more than anything early in the season. I think uh, the secondary, they're still trying to make sure those position battles are won and just to see, you know, can Eli Ricks be that consistent every down player at corner along with Kool-Aid McKinstry, you know, Jordan Battle, Brian Branch, you know all the talent that's back there uh, in the secondary for the Crimson Tide. But it'll be interesting to see how early some of those roles get defined in the season, specifically week one against Utah State, week two against Texas, uh, to really figure out how this team is going to mesh and look on a consistent every down basis and know kind of who you have to go to in the fourth quarter when you're trying to protect the lead like Alabama was trying to do against Georgia and Indianapolis and ultimately was not able to do. But I think we're going to determine a lot of that a lot sooner this season than we did a year ago, and that's a really good thing. One player that I think is kind of being overlooked, and it's hard to overlook him, is uh, Dallas Turner, um, 6'4", 240. And just uh, if Will Anderson wasn't on this team, I think we'd be talking about Dallas Turner as uh, perhaps the elite edge rusher in the country. 
just uh, just assess where Dallas Turner is and and what you're hearing about him and and just the role that he can play on this team this year after having a really good year last year when he was uh, named freshman All-America by uh, a few different outlets. Well, I think the biggest thing is he's going to make it really tough on offenses to determine, okay, what is the strong side? Is that where Will Anderson is or is that where Dallas Turner is? You know, before, you know, early in the season last year, that wasn't a discussion. He always made the strong side wherever Will Anderson was trying to line up. But now it's more of a discussion. And now it's going to be very, very tricky for teams to game plan against both Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner. I still expect that they'll try to game plan saying, okay, we're not going to let Will Anderson Jr. beat us. But on that other side, you've got Dallas Turner, who has been performing at a very high level through the end of last season, spring camp, and now as we're deep into fall camp. But he's been playing at a high level, and he's been able to play with a lot of speed, and he's also just a very tough tackle. Like, it just hurts when you make contact with him, and there's not going to be a lot of defenders being able to shake off a Dallas Turner tackle. It's going to be hard, and you're going to go down to the turf before you know what's happened. So I think that's, again, a very good sign for this Alabama team that you have Dallas Turner to complement what Will Anderson's doing, and then Chris Braswell's really developed as well as some extra depth yeah. that you're going to have out there. I mean, the coaching staff brings him up every time they talk to the media about the outside linebackers. They're very quick to mention Chris Braswell in the same breath as Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner. That's another great sign for Alabama's defense. Yeah, I think they're trying to figure out packages to get those three guys on the field and, and uh, not just on passing downs, but on all, you know, all three yeah. downs if they can. Uh, whatever they can come up with, they're so athletic and uh, guys that can really cause a lot of issues in the run game and pass game. Roger, as always, great to talk to you. Can't wait to continue on as we move ahead to football season. Tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Roger underscore Hoover. And then the Crimson Tide Sports Network is the home for, of course, all the work we have coming up uh, on Twitter at UA underscore CTSN. Also, make sure you uh, like our Facebook page as well. Just search for the Crimson Tide Sports Network as we have a Crimson Drive driven by NASCAR each Thursday at 2 o'clock. We'll be going twice a week coming up soon. And don't forget, tomorrow is the first edition of Hey Coach and the Nick Saban Show. Coach Saban won't be with us uh, until game week, but we're excited to begin Hey Coach and Bob Howard's Tuscaloosa starting at 6 30. Thank you guys for having me on. We're almost there. We're getting closer and closer to Alabama football. All right, Roger. Always great to have you on Roll Time, my man. Thank you. And uh, again, hey, coach, starting again coming up this Thursday. Coach Saban will not join him until the uh, first weeks of game. So, uh, Roger Hoover there from CTSN. Coming up on the other side, ESPN ranks the top players in college football. Who's at number one? And uh, how many did Alabama have in their top? Uh, top 10 top 25 and on down as well plus that Najee Harris article wow some of the comments and I'll be honest and I know you're I can't believe AO.com put some of the words <laughs> I mean GD's in there the F word I mean they're that they left in the article yeah that needs to be cleaned up by an editor I'm surprised by that all right um, so we'll talk I about also it. got one more thing about uh don't believe everything you read on Twitter especially when it comes to Mac Jones and right. fight yesterday we'll be back live from AVX You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. 
Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. 
To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just the two of us With this song, I want to start with the Najee Harris Just the two of us To some degree Maybe start there, yeah Article. Let's start that. I know I told you to start the other on the other ones, but is that like the song? It matches up with just the two of us. But Najee Harris has come out, and in 2021, he, he is pretty vocal about some things. And then as well with Ale.com. Um, again, I'm surprised. I don't know if you've, you you probably have already texted some of your colleagues at Ale.com and said uh, you might want to get your editor. But I know yeah. these are quotes, so I know that they're. And, and Andrew said we were walking down the hall. I said maybe it's been. They want to be salacious now. Maybe there's a new editor. At AL.com to say, so. let these I words think, fly. I, I've, I'm surprised that it was even put in the original copy because yeah. normally, like, if you if, if if it's the F word, it would just be F dot 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 dot, dot yeah, like hyphen hyphen hyphen. Yeah, um, and even GD. I mean, I, yeah. that's what man. I'm just like, all right. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we're getting the uh, X-rated version of the uh, AL.com. <laughs> but okay, Najee's had some issues with Coach Saban, and in 2020, uh, almost left. And almost decided to uh, walk away from the program. And what uh, we said to about two weeks, I guess, that he stepped away, um, trying to make a decision whether or not he would come back or not. Before that, 2017, I think it was in the article, he talks about the fact that you know there was just some uh, probably playing time issues at that time. And you know, look, Coach Saban is very demanding on his on his players. He's probably more demanding on his coaches. I've told people that, and then people know that. You've heard it for many years. Whether it been at LSU, whether it been at Michigan State in the pros and also in Alabama. Um, <clears throat> but two things. One, I don't like the article coming out now, or two weeks from game time. Um, and, and I know that salacious. They want to put it out. And I know Najee agreed to do the interview. Um, but it, on the other side of it, too, you kind of get a feel for Najee and you get a feel for their relationship and how Saban had to finally realize that he couldn't, I guess, treat Najee the same way that he was treating other players. Maybe where Najee said he felt belittled uh, by Coach Saban at times, by the way that he talked to him, and and it according to Najee, which maybe he was. That's why I like, like. Hopefully, Trent will be in here in hour number two. I'd love to hear him say, "Yeah, I could see that. I could see Najee being this way and and talking this way toward Nick Saban." Because Laura, some of the things that he quotes that he said to Nick Saban, um, I don't know. I mean, like I would even probably talk to my high school coach that way, much less Coach Saban that way, or any coach that I've ever played for, probably any boss I've ever worked with. Uh, there's a level of respect. I know I'm a man, you're a man, that type of scenario. That you know, I, I know that everybody kind of goes down that path at, at times. But there is the the person that's in charge. There is the authority figure. Uh, so some of his comments. So your your take on on what he had to say? Yeah. Okay. So just goes back, I think, to Najee's childhood, and he had a, a a rough a rough time of it. There's no question about it. It's been well documented that. Uh, he and his uh, family survived extreme poverty. Uh, they were homeless for a long time. And um, and this uh, came from uh, Najee's mom, uh, who has told reporters in the past that uh, uh, Najee's dad uh, was a, the, the, he had a habit of, of taking drugs, and that led to financial crisis. And then Najee, at different times, would stand up to his dad. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it wasn't like Najee had this uh, real supportive father figure in his life. 
And then, um, and, and I'm kind of surprised that Nick Saban uh, would have taken this approach with Najee because Saban, you know, he knows the background of all of his players so well. I mean, it's like he has a FBI dossier on each player that comes in through his program, and he knows exactly, you know, who the key influences of that player's life are, uh, what, what the family situation is. And so I, I think Coach Saban generally tries to uh, tailor his approach to different players to the, the background that they've had and what is the best way to reach that mm-hmm. player. And for Najee, uh, obviously, the best way to reach him was not to be aggressive and not to come after him and be really forceful because, you know, who who knows? It, it, perhaps it just brought back memories of his childhood and, and Najee did not respond. Trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Trust did yeah. not respond well to that. He Maybe he needed more of a, you know, of a, a, a little bit more tender approach mm-hmm. and, um so I, I think that's a possibility. Like if you're if we're playing uh, psychology 101 here, <laughs> but yeah. um, it, it is a little surprising that that they kind of you know butted heads. Mm-hmm. Did, do you find this story uh, surprising to you? No, I mean I, I don't find it surprising because I know there's players that I've been around that are like that, and I think it goes back to the influences in their life early on and what they trust and don't trust. So. If you if you've had an absentee father that's not there or a father that's caused havoc uh, in your life, you don't trust men. A lot of times, you don't trust people in authority because the the authority figure that you kind of look to has not had not been there for you, has let you down, and has not provided for your family or put your family in, in tough situation. Which what that sounds like for him and his mom, and he became the protector of his mom. So he he kind of became the man of the family. You know, he became. The uh, the not the head of the house, but um, because in probably her approach to how she disciplined him was a lot different than maybe how his father would have if his father would have been there, or how Nick Saban did, or other other men uh, in, in in the family and in the home. So, no, you have to take all that into effect and yet or into account and, yeah. and understand that you know people come from different psychologies, different past, different experiences, and you know how you're going to deal with that person. Um, I, I I just you know certain guys because I even. Um, you know, even the pros, when I got to um, New, uh, New, New England with Bill Parcells, I walked in, Coach Parcells, how are you? Call me Bill. Okay, well, I, you know, Coach, I guess, no, call me Bill. We're, you and I are on the same level now. I mean, we're at that level where you're a pro, I'm a pro, and call me Bill. Mm-hmm. And so that was just the strangest thing to me from having coach, a coach on my life, an authority figure. And it probably goes back to, to my parenting and my dad because my dad was there. And so because he was so good at what he did as my father and as, as a – Little league coach and those type of things. I trusted that. If you come up and you don't have that, and and, and maybe it's not only your dad, but it's an uncle, or maybe it's even a coach that you grew up and you, you you were trying to admire that person that continued to let you down, then maybe that's where that distrust comes from, and and maybe that's why Nadja need to be. He's like, look, I, I, I'm going to play for you. I'm going to give you my best. I want to get on the field, but you can't demean me. You can't belittle yeah. me on the field. I don't respond to that. Yes. And when you do, I'm going to shut down. Yes. And if you continue doing this, I'm going to walk away, and I'm not going to deal with this. Uh, to me, it just goes back to that that psychology you talked about it as far as him growing up and kind of the situations that he yeah, was in. Yeah, you know, his, and his dad, uh, he lives in Seattle now, I believe, and and he has told reporters that you know he was unable to fulfill his duty as a father, and, mm-hmm. and he regrets that, and 
and and because the father wasn't in the picture um that that Naji and his mom they had to bounce around from apartment to apartment house to house uh you know neighbor or you know friend to friend uh then homeless shelter and uh yeah it was just a it was a really rough time and and I know that Naji's mom moved here I think she moved to Birmingham while Naji was in Tuscaloosa and um you know she was she's uh, such a big part of his life and um but yeah, uh, I, I know you're right. It, it isn't that surprising. And uh, just because it's like talking just because of the background situation. But OK, so one other interesting story that caught my eye yesterday, and uh, this was all over Twitter. And uh, of course, I did not check the source of it. I just I just read the story. And the story was that at um uh, and this is really an unbelievable story. And I almost texted you about it, Jay, <laughs> because it has to do with Mac Jones. Right. And we all know Mac can be a little spicy sometimes, right? And he's, he's, he'll, he'll get in your face. And so uh, there was a, a, a wor word sort of trickled out of Patriots camp yesterday that uh, Mac Jones, um, he uh, throws a touchdown pass during a scrimmage. And then, and it was a um, it was a, a joint practice with the Carolina Panthers, and and uh, in the according to the story, Mac runs up to Panthers pass rusher Brian Burns, and says, "Hold my blank, you little blank." <laughs> I'll, it won't go any farther than that, but it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, and and Burns and 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 Mac have some history together because it was uh, it was Mac who uh, I think grabbed his ankle after a uh, is that right? Yeah, he grabbed he grabbed his ankle after a sack um, or something. Yeah, after yeah. a sack last year, and, <laughs> and and Burns wrote that or he said that he wanted an apology and he never got the apology. And Carolina Panthers called to play dirty. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, he was grabbed by the ankle while he was going for a fumble. And so anyway, and Burns um, Burn stepped this back anyway. He said people just tweet anything, they say yeah. whatever. Now, so now, it, it, so it, it turns out, yeah. Yeah. But the source of this story yeah, is, is an account called Simon Charles. Yes. And uh, the, the, the bio it, says it has a double PhD in journalism and female anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> and yet reporters they ran, ran with, with it. it. Yeah. Because crazy. it was such a good story. Yeah. But it wasn't true. None of it is true. Yeah. Zero. I don't know if you ever said that stuff, but I've, I saw him at practice many times in Alabama when he was young, and he would mouth the defense, and he he did – he was he was that type of player that would and he got different as his time went along, but when he first got there, man, he 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 would if he threw a touchdown. I mean, and I think he's told the story before, and I know Brax has told me that Coach Saban would get so mad at him when he would throw a touchdown pass. He'd say the card says throw the in route, and 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 and, and Mac would go. Then tell the guys to cover the deep route. <laughs> I'm going for the touchdown. You know that was kind of his funny. mentality. And then he talked smack to the defense all the time. So if I read this from the very beginning of it, I, I, the obscenities, all that, that wasn't part of him. He just talked smack, so I wouldn't see him saying something like that. But on the other side of it too, you got to check the source. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> I was going to text you uh, like the story and, yeah. and tell you, hey, Mac is still being Mac. Yeah. Right. Because I believed it, and then of course you look into it, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a fake account.
All right, well, I'm going to tell you who's number one, and uh, no surprise, right? Who do you think number one is on that list? You've probably already seen it anyway. I have seen it. <laughs> but it's who I would have guessed. We'll leave it there, and then we'll come back and tell you more about it. We've been teasing this now for the last two segments. We'll get into this. Uh, they list the top players in the country. ESPN uh, did a survey amongst themselves and others, and uh, we'll dive into it. Stay with us. We're live from AVX on this Wednesday edition. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few scattered showers and storms are possible through the evening hours. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and storms possible again. The high, 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in as we finish up hour number one here on the Jay Barker Show. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter has got the day off, and uh, hopefully Trent's going to be joining us next hour. Tim Brando will as he joins us each week, and we'll talk some college football with him and get his thoughts. Always a great uh, take from him. He'll be with us at 1.30 coming up uh, this hour, so stay tuned for that. All right, uh, looking at uh, the top players uh, in the country, according to ESPN, they ranked them. Will Anderson comes in at number one, the Austin linebacker for Alabama, and at number two, Bryce Young. So we've talked about having the best player on defense, the best player on offense. That's why Alabama's sitting at that number one spot. you got Jackson Smith as well at number four, and C.J. Stroud at number three for Ohio State. And uh, those two guys, both juniors, they've been there for a while under Brian Day. The system, again, three and four quarterback wide receiver, that's, and um, that's that shows you why those two teams are yeah, yeah. where it, they are. <laughs> in a nutshell, that's yeah. why I think it's Alabama, Ohio State, and everybody else. The top four yeah. players in the country are on those two teams. Uh, yeah, uh, B. Robinson uh, out, out of Texas, the uh, running back there. You got Jalen uh, Carter, the deepest tackle, uh, really great player there at Georgia at number six. Uh, Trevian, uh, uh, Travion excuse me, Henderson uh, out of Ohio State, the running back. Uh, again, another Ohio State guy, sophomore there. Brock Bowers, no doubt. Number eight, the tight end for Georgia, who was is, just a super uh, freshman last year. Is Brock Bowers the best freshman tight end you've ever seen? I can't ever go. See, when those questions come, like, when, when it's are, the I best mean, ever. He's so good. He is so good, yeah. But I, 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 whenever you say that, I'm going to say yes, and then I'm going to go, wait, this guy, this guy, this yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the best I can remember as a freshman last year. He was year. very impressive early on in the season. You saw the potential that he had, and it became such a huge part of their offense, the go-to guy. Uh, for uh, uh, Stetson Bennett. All right, at number nine, Jordan Addison out of USC, the junior. Uh, Caleb Williams, the now sophomore quarterback at USC as well. Uh, Kayshawn uh, Boutte, uh, the wide receiver from LSU, the junior. And uh, also Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, running back. Uh, Bryce Breezy, uh, the Clemson defensive tackle. Uh, he is a sophomore as well. Um, you got Ringo, number four, uh, the uh, number 14. He's the uh, Georgia cornerback that we talked about uh, many times last year. Uh, Sean Tucker. Out of Syracuse, running back to sophomore. He's actually a really good player uh, up at Syracuse. Michael Mayer, uh, tied in out of Notre Dame, another one that uh, had a notable year last year, uh, 840 yards, seven touchdowns, and uh, last year's ranking, he was 47 
going into the season now, sitting at number 16. Noel Sewell at 17. Miles Murphy is at 18. Devin Leary and then right, Jameer Gibbs then pops up at number 20, the running back out of Alabama. And I, I'm not a gambler. You are. But I would, if I was you, I would put some money down for him to win the Heisman. I think he's at like yeah. plus 1,000-something, one, 1, <laughs> whatever, or maybe 2,500. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. Running the ball, catching the ball, returns. I think there's going to be a lot of explosive plays from uh, Jameer. Yeah, I think he's going to have a huge impact. And um, look, I mean, he was the MVP of the spring game. I know it's just a spring game, but he did have a 73-yard touchdown run. Uh, explosive. I don't know if Alabama's had an explosive back like this since Trent. I I, I can't. Uh, somebody this explosive, somebody this fast, some, yeah. somebody who's a home run hitter from the tailback position. Probably King and Drake. Well, Dr- Drake. Yeah. Trent, uh, yeah, I guess Drake would probably be the most recent. So many in that line, man. Jordan Battle comes in at number 23. He is the senior uh, uh, safety for Alabama. This is a guy you've heard me talk about since day one when he got there. Watching him in that first few practices there, that first scrimmage, I'm like, this guy's a head hunter. He's going to play. Dallas Turner comes in at 24. No surprise there as well. The sophomore uh, outside linebacker for the Crimson Tide. All right, we'll dive through some of the rest of these coming up on the other side. Hour number two, we got Tim Brando's going to be joining us at 1.30. Also, hopefully Trent's going to be dropping by. We'll get a chance to catch up with him back from Mexico and uh, hear his thoughts about playing down there and everything that's happening with that new league in uh, Mexico City. Will it survive? Year one, it did, and uh, it will be back. And will he be a part of it once again, or will he maybe look to the USFL and other places to play uh, in the future? We'll get into all that with him coming up as well. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. Hour number two coming up next. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa and they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community but, more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz. Crestline and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tide. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome back in as we continue here on this Wednesday edition. Jay Barker Show live from AVX Audio Video Excellence. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, has got the week off and on vacation down at the beach. Much deserved for him. And uh, also, we got Tim Brando, uh, Tim Brando will join us at 1.30. We had uh, Roger Hoover on earlier. You could podcast that, look at that, uh, and uh, interviews. We do every day post those up for you there at Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station. All right, uh, as we move into hour number two, we remind you we're presented by Top Golf in Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. And uh, with his coworkers, family, or friends, you'll love Top Golf in Birmingham. The food, the drinks, the family fun, you'll love it. Top Golf in Birmingham. Get out today. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Lars, what you got? Yeah, let's uh, let's stick with this list of ESPN's top 100 college football players. Um, they had uh, over 11,000 votes on this, and um, their methodology was that voters were presented with a series of uh, one-on-one votes. For example, who will be better in 2022? Uh, Jackson Smith uh, Njabe, uh, the wide receiver for for uh, Ohio State, or Caleb Williams. So, um yeah, so it, it's interesting that, uh, as you mentioned, Will Anderson is number one, Bryce Young two. I think uh, there's a consensus there that the two best players in the country are in Tuscaloosa. And then Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman for Georgia, is three. Uh, Brock Bowers is eight, the tight end for Georgia. And I'm just going over SEC players here. Um, Jamar Gibbs uh, at 20 for Alabama. Uh, Jordan Battle at 23. Dallas Turner at 24. So of the top 24 players in the country, Alabama has five, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so this, the, according to this, the, the second best quarterback in the SEC is Will Rogers at Mississippi State. Uh, and he's 27th overall. And then you have K.J. Jefferson, who is 32nd overall, Arkansas's quarterback. And then Will Levis, uh, the Kentucky quarterback, at 33. And I, I, I have to admit I'm not familiar with this player, but he, I think he has now emerged as one of my favorites just because of his name. Arkansas linebacker, 39th in the country, Bumper Pool. <laughs> 
and a great. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you know about bumper I d- pool? I did. Yeah, but <laughs> the and I and I can't remember. I remember seeing the story about this. Um, if that was there was there is a story or a backstory to that name. I can't remember what, it, but bumper pool. What a great name. Linebacker, Arkansas senior, and uh, 125 tackles. Uh, 2021 stats. He had 45 solo and was not ranked at all last year. Moves him to uh, inside of the top 40 for ESPN, but. Um, and you know, you, you just the collective of players, a lot of SEC guys in this. Um, Tank Biz, Bigsby, I think, is the first one for Auburn at 42. That seems way low for Tank Bigsby. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I would put him higher, but uh, I know it's Auburn. It's just what's around him, you know, right yeah. now. I mean, he's, you know, if you're just going to run the ball, people are going to then kind of just, they're going to square in on him, zone in on him, and then it makes it tougher if you can't have a passing game, if you don't have an offensive line that can block in the run game and in the pass game as well. So, yeah, he's. He definitely has the talent. He, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a really good pro as well uh, once he gets that next level. But, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, we talk all the time about certain players and why they choose to go certain places. Um, but if, if you're a player coming to high school right now and if you want to make it to the NFL, where, I mean, where, where do you go? What places? Alabama's definitely put a bunch in there. Um, Ohio State has put a bunch in the NFL. Uh, Oklahoma has done a good job of that. Um, you look at, you know, Michigan's actually done a really good job with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, getting guys uh, into the NFL, um, you look at Georgia definitely with Kirby Smart. That you know, and again, you go back to the recruiting classes mm-hmm. and and who they play. But you know, you think about Bryce, and and a lot of people say, okay, what's the transfer going to be like for him once he leaves Alabama and heads into the NFL? Can he make that transfer? Can he can he make it um, with his size, with his height? Because every guy there is like having an all-star SEC team uh, that you're playing against each and every week. But I do think when you play for teams like Alabama and Ohio State, every day in practice, you're getting an NFL-style practice. I mean, you're playing against some of the best, the best players, and the competition is so heavy. The pressure to win, the expectations, um, I think mentally, emotionally, psychologically, I think talent-wise, those type of teams prepare you as well as anybody to get to the next level. So, you know, a lot of guys really, they they don't transfer. They're not able to make that next step because – Speed, athleticism, all these things that are so different in the NFL than it was in college. If you're dealing with that every day in practice, as well as the next guy coming in, this is number one recruit in the nation, and then the next guy that comes in, or the guy behind. I mean, you have so much competition on your heels, as well as the competition you're facing in practice every day on the other side of the football. I think it just really gets you prepared to be a really great NFL player. I mean, I, th- I don't know if there's anywhere else better right now. Just even just based on the. I'm not saying that because I'm an Alabama guy. I'm saying it based on the what 65 guys on active rosters for the NFL, probably over 70 that are, are going to be on the, the you know from practice squads to all that type of stuff, and then that 1.7 billion dollars worth of contracts that Nick Saban has had in his 15 years at Alabama. Yeah, and um, you know just looking at uh, sticking with Bryce Young, uh, the other top quarterback in the country, sort of hands down, is, is C.J. Stroud out of uh, Ohio State, and you just look at the the measurables there, Jay. I mean, he, he's 6'3", 215. He's more of the uh, classic-looking. Prototypical. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, prototypical NFL quarterback. Do you think there's a chance that C.J. Stroud, and I don't I think he'll be eligible. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I think. Was he a a two, ju- he'll be a junior. Yeah, he'll be a junior, so yeah. he'll be eligible for the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think C.J. Stroud gets picked ahead of Bryce Young just based on uh, physical attributes? I, I do know the NFL looks at that a lot, and they look at height, weight, they look at speed, they look at all the different uh, metrics 
Um, the the problem, not the problem, but the good thing for 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 Bryce is just how he plays the game. Uh, his calmness in the pocket. He he's not a guy. A lot of these guys will you know pull the ball down and try to run. Uh, look what happened uh, just recently to um, um, Malik Willis. Uh, you pull it down, you run. Even though you make a first down and scramble for twenty something yards, your coach pulls you out of the game. Why? Because you got to stay in the pocket, make the throws. We're going to teach you to do that as a young quarterback. So he's already he's already thinking that way. Um, even against great competition in times of distress, he's made big plays. But CJ definitely. I mean, you know, when they get him in workouts, they see him up close. Um, and I, and I think too, you know, a lot of these guys have already seen Bryce up close. They realize that. That six feet that they got him listed at is, I mean, in high heels. That's generous. <laughs> it's in high heels. I mean, it, like it's got to be in it. Yeah. You think he's that taller than Kyler Murray? About the same, but not, not built like him. Kyler's more stockier built yeah. than uh, than uh, Bryce is. Br- Bryce is probably at the most, what, 5'10? Yeah. Somewhere five, just five beyond me. 5'11. 5'10. He's closer to 5'10. Yeah. yeah. But he plays, uh, he plays tall. His release points are high. Uh, he can make throws from every angle. That's what separates him, too. He's kind of like the Mahomes type of guy that can throw it. He's able to extend plays. Again, his presence in the pocket, all that is just outstanding. So I, I think because of the way he wins, the way he's managed since the time he's in high school, now in college in Alabama, the way that he's able to bring them back against Auburn in a pressure situation to get to the national title game, even without your top receivers, to still be in a position to win it and to win the SEC title uh, he, he is definitely uh, the top quarterback uh, in, in, in the country right now. But C.J. Stroud is an amazing player. Ryan Day has done a great job with him. That offense will benefit him, too. Uh, the type of explosive plays they'll have down the field. Uh, and his size will, I, I think, will the, the pros will look at that and go, okay, there is a real big difference in, in these two guys as far as what they look like off the field compared to some of the other guys you've seen in the NFL. But I don't know. Don't count. Don't ever count Bryce out. I think the guy's just unbelievable. I agree. I agree. He's Great a, thrower. He's a winner, and he's just so accurate with the ball. But um, you know, I've mentioned this a few times. You, you look at Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten, and you ask yourself, who can beat them? I mean, maybe they slip up once, but I doubt they slip up twice. And so a a one-loss Ohio State team, even if that loss would come in the Big Ten championship game against maybe, I don't know, a Wisconsin or Iowa or Nebraska, (laughs) doubt it. Um, Yeah. Um, It just looks like they, you can almost like pencil them in as long as they don't have a a rash of uh, injuries. And then same thing with Alabama. I mean, I know the, the schedule is really hard, but do you think that Alabama will lose two games? Because it's it's almost if you lose one, more than likely you still could make it into the playoffs, even if that one loss is going to be in the SEC championship game. You know, uh, I don't see Alabama slipping up against Texas A and M. Um, I, I guess there's a possibility that someone uh, along the line could uh, pull off the upset. But um, it just feels like all, and who knows? Maybe we'll be proven wrong here just in a couple weeks, or I will. It just seems like it's Ohio State and Alabama and everyone else, and these two teams are already on a sort of collision course. Yeah, and and I, you know, Utah State is not going to be anything for Alabama. At Texas, there'll be a lot of hype around this game. I still think Alabama's the better team right now. Alabama should win. Alabama um, smoke them. <laughs> what do you mean they, close? They should, right? Okay, and, but again, it's on the road. 11 a.m. game. It's, it's going to be a big, a lot of emotions around it with Sark being on the other side of the ball. A lot of these players played for him or knew him, uh, so there's, there's going to be a lot there. 
uh, UL Monroe, no big deal. Vanderbilt, no big deal. The one that kind of I look at is at Arkansas. And because the way that they really built this program, they're a tough team to play. And uh, as we talked about, you know, their quarterback play last year really improved uh, at such a high level. He's, we just said, listed one of the top players uh, in the country. He's good. That's one that that's early, but uh, at least, you know, the physicality of that, you'll hopefully have everybody still healthy. Then after that Where game, is that game? Uh, it's at Arkansas. At Arkansas, then A&M comes to Bama, then it's at Tennessee, which they're going to play that up-tempo offense. Then it's Mississippi State and Tuscaloosa, Alabama, then at LSU, Alabama at Ole Miss, and then uh, Austin P, and then Auburn at Alabama for the uh, finale for the season. So LSU could be pretty good by the that point in the season. See what they Brian Kelly can do. Yeah. They got talent, no doubt about it. All right, t- coming up in about 15 minutes, we've got Tim Brando. We'll be joining us. We'll talk college football with him at 1.30, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but we'll be back. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few scattered showers and storms are possible through the evening hours. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and storms possible again. The high, 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. training camp for the Buccaneers, but uh, recently tweeted out his only regret is he never saw himself play in person. <laughs> never got a chance yeah. to watch himself play in person. I'm like, dude, what in the world is wrong with you? <laughs> I know. And it's almost like somebody needs to intervene there and tell him to get off social media for a while yeah. and perhaps get checked out by... Uh, professionals? Yes. A team of professionals. <laughs> but so yeah. he's talking about Tom leaving practice for personal reasons. It's something that he had set up with the Buccaneers before training camp even started. And said, look, you know, this, I need some time to go take care of some personal stuff, and then I'll be back. Now, they have not gone into detail what that personal stuff is, and it's probably just him time to break away. That was part of the deal. Hey, I, w- I want to have some time to kind of go back and get my mind right, or, you know, whether it's stuff dealing out. Hopefully it's not anything health-wise with his family. Um, or anybody that's, I know his mom has struggled at times with cancer, but, um, you know, for him to go back and to do that, you know, honestly, he's 45 years old. Mm-hmm. I think he's earned the right. I think he's won enough championships. He's won one for the Buccaneers. And I think everybody realizes that he can, in a sense, make his own schedule right now. I mean, he is going to be the coach on the field. He's your starting quarterback, Hall of Famer. Um, Antonio Brown coming out saying this stuff, I think he's just trying to get attention. Yeah, and um, you know, there's a there is a lot of speculation about what caused Tom to to leave, and and uh, 
you know, he has uh, skipped OTAs in the past. He did it in 2018 and 2019 to spend time with his family and 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 more specifically to look after his kids. I yeah. mean, to to literally pick them up from school, take them to school, yeah, uh, be in the 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 pickup the the pickup line. Um, Do you think based on timing? This week and, and, and a little bit more time. Could it have been that? Could it have been, I want to be there for the first week of school? I've never been there for that. It's I want possible. Because school think, started back, I know, last week in, in Florida. It started back this week here. Um, you know, it may have been a situation where he said, hey, look, well, I say Florida. He would have been, where are they in school? Are they out? Uh, they would be, I believe, in Florida, in, in, in Miami. Florida. Okay. Yeah, because they just built their dream right. house in yep. Miami. Um, but... Uh, I, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of crazy speculation out there, and uh, I, I think certainly seems. Now like there it, are rumors he was at seen at a Hertz rental car place getting a recharge, <laughs> <laughs> um, saying "Let's go." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he'll uh, he, look once the regular season rolls around. Uh, he, he'll be just fine. He'll be ready to go. Uh, I think this is actually good because it's giving uh, Kyle Trask some more reps, and they need to figure out if Kyle Trask is going to be the long-term answer uh, at quarterback for, for the Bucks. Uh Kind of doesn't look like it so far <laughs> based on how he's played, but you never know. Um, Blaine Gabbert's been in the, the Bruce Arian system for – over a decade, and uh, so I, I would just assume that that Gabbert would be the the number two quarterback right now. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean Brady will be back in a, in a few days, and and uh, I doubt he will dig deep into the reason why he wanted to uh, uh, leave training camp for ten days, other than just say hey, it's personal. And you know what? Like I think that's fine. There's some things that should remain personal. If, if he's trying to work on his his family and his his family life and 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 spend time with his kids, he he doesn't need to explain that to anyone other than his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. If he and if Todd Bowles and 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 Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, are if they're fine with uh, Tom taking this time off, uh, I, go for. It. I mean, you know, it's it's really not that big a deal. It's not that big of a story. Um, but uh, he's not gonna play. They're not gonna play in preseason. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's no. he, he he's he knows what he's got to do to get ready. And you know, you save the wear and tear on the body. And again, it could have been because he re- remember he retired and then he came back. So there could have been talks at that point in time. Hey, when I come back, this is what I'll do. I'll do this, this, and this. I want this time off in August. Just some personal things I want to take care of and do that I haven't done, um, or things I got to take care of. And and I know for a lot of people. And, and players, I, I don't think Tampa Bay's locker room feels this way. I don't think they're looking at it going, I can't believe he's not here. I'm no. Not getting the Hall of Famer. I can't no, believe. No. You know, it's kind of like, okay, he's he, not there, but do you want him back? Yes, I want him back as, yes. as soon as possible. And you know what? He is treated differently than every other player and he on should that be. roster. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So sticking with NFL, uh, you see where Aaron Rodgers were criticizing his receivers, saying they're not in the right place, yeah. they're not doing the right stuff, they're not running the right routes. Um, you know, we, we, uh, Aaron had his um, – what uh, his what do you call it? life altering uh, mind altering right. drugs and yeah, psychedelics. psychedelics that he took uh, during the off season. So is he back with a clearer <laughs> mind and seeing things differently with <laughs> with his wide receivers? Yeah, maybe things have just slowed down a little bit for him. Yeah, or uh, I don't know, maybe he's seeing patterns. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's hoping uh, his different receivers kind of, see different that. kind of pattern. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, but you got Randall Cobb. He's thirty two years old. I mean, 
these are not young guys. Yeah, that he's 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 talking about. He but said they, they don't have like that that real go to. Yeah. I know they like he lost uh, his guy. Yeah, they lost uh, Adams and mm-hmm. uh, they didn't draft a wide receiver. I think until the second round. Um, I, I, I could take a little while for this offense to gel at Green Bay. I did want to ask you, Jay. Um, so Joe Burrow is on the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, this week uh, for the NFL preview issue. And uh, I was reading a story that Joe Burrow and in uh, and, and Zach Taylor, their relationship. Zach Taylor's the head coach. It's not even coach player. They consider themselves friends. Mm-hmm. And I've never heard because Zach Taylor is only thirty six, right. and Burrow's twenty five. So there's only about a ten year difference between the two, and it's almost just like a partnership. Uh, more than a coach-player relationship. And I think, I mean, clearly Zach Taylor's job depends on Joe Burrow performing and Joe Burrow being healthy. And uh, I think Joe has as much input in putting the offense together, or at least the game plan, as Zach Taylor. I I think this only happens if you have a player that has the the mental capacity that he has, Joe does, and and he grew up in coaching. He grew up, his dad and his brothers played ball, his dad coached his dad. So he's been around that atmosphere and environment. So probably Zach knowing that and probably they probably talk a lot the same language because of being Zach's the son of a coach, too. That's right. And they've just they've, they've seen so much. Uh, Joe's what now? 24, 24, 25, somewhere in there. Yes. There's only about a 10 year difference. Um, you know, we talked to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Coulter. We have a great list to Matt Coulter. Um, so as I think. And also think this is kind of where it's become, you know, over the years that they've realized that you, you've got to have more of that, um, you know, on the same level because we're all pros here. I'm a pro coach. You're a pro player. And especially the money. Yeah. Where, where these guys it, it, it made, also kinda, totally defines who, who's kind of at, at the top of the of the food chain. And I know we need to break, but um, it goes back to, you're right, to salary. Like, who is more who has more power on that team, Zach Taylor or Joe Burrow? I mean, Joe hasn't made the big, hasn't signed the big contract yet. But yeah. it's coming. I mean, it's going to be uh, two hundred fifty, three hundred million. It'll be breaking the bank here. Yeah, J- Joe has more power, but it, it, I think it's what you do with that power as a player, and do you use it, or do you still stay respectful to your coaches? And you know, and you can stay respectful on the same level. I mean, it's you know, kind of what nod you wanted in college. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we go statement as we were talking about earlier. All right, we got to take a break. We got Tim Brando coming up next. Always fun to have Tim on, and uh, he'll join us. Stay with us live from AVX. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX 
technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Welcome him in. Timmy B, how are you, my man? 
I'm wonderful, Jay. Good to be with you guys, as always. I can't believe we're, what is it, 10 days now from week zero? How about that? Crazy. You been playing a bunch of golf? I have. <laughs> and enjoying it. Yeah, I'm trying to sandwich in as much as I can. Uh, I don't have to work next week um, on week zero, but I, I do have two games to do in week one, back-to-back at uh, Illinois and then at uh, Wisconsin on Friday and Saturday, the second and third. So those those babies will be gathering with mothballs in the closet here pretty soon. So I'm trying to get in as much as I can this week. All right, Tim, before we get into actual football, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I know you got some uh, grandfather duty today. Uh-huh. Um can can you explain the the very quick shifting landscape of the television college football world and uh, the Big Ten uh, obviously uh, working toward an agreement on a media rights deal with Fox Sports, CBS, and NBC. Uh, looks like it's going to end that forty year partnership between the Big Ten and ESPN. Can you just put this all in perspective for us and and, and what it means going forward? The major part of this is the consumer is the winner. Okay, I, I've I've heard a lot of uh, old guard administrators and uh, old guard coaches uh, bemoaning the fact that um, uh, ge- geographical lines have been uh, banished and that the loss of uh, regional rivalries is uh, is is something that will be problematic i i could not disagree more i mean you know you're not gonna you're gonna gain rivalries and you're gonna have greater rivalries in the top conferences meaning that you're gonna see better games played across the board and i think it'll be important for whether it's uh the sec once they get texas and oklahoma or uh the pack of the big 10 when they get uh usc and ucla which will happen a year sooner uh, than the SEC getting Texas and Oklahoma. It'll happen in 24, um, and, and it won't happen in the SEC until 25. But w- what we're going to see is a lot better games on television and on free television, okay? Uh, there were a lot of people that felt, me included, okay, when I left CBS and, and they had determined um, uh, that they were not going to uh, pay the SEC additional money for the acquisitions of Missouri and Texas A&M, the relationship between CBS and and the SEC became uh, much more business and far less partnership. Okay, I mean it just did. Uh, Mike's live was um, taken aback when that happened, and uh, that's why the subsequent move to ESPN, a deal that was done large almost three years ago now, I think it was two and a half years ago, that the SEC announced that they were going to give the 330 window to ESPN uh, away from CBS, and they never even put it up for bid, okay? The other networks never had an opportunity. Fox never had an opportunity to make a bid for the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Greg Sankey felt like uh, his relationship with with ESPN was so strong and that they could uh, control the timing of, of all their games. It would just be an easier move for them to stay with the company that invested in in the league with its own network, which, you know, look, makes sense. I get that. I do. Um, the Big Ten decided to go a different route and put it up for bid, uh, which which meant uh, everyone could take their shot at getting 
uh, a piece of, of, of that inventory. Fox, as it relates to the Big Ten, is very similar to uh, ESPN and its relationship with the SEC. Uh, they own over 60% of the Big Ten network. Uh, they have Fox. They have FS1. Uh, to go along with that as carriers, they're not really in the streaming business the way ESPN is, but 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 when it's over-the-air television and cable uh, with the Big Ten Network and with FS1, they've got plenty of of uh, places to put these games. But they decided that uh, they would work in concert with the, the commissioner and, uh, and be a consultant as he bid out and they bid out uh, the, the, the rights opportunities for the other networks and both cbs and nbc came up big i mean really big uh cbs by by example was only paying 55 million for the southeastern conference a deal struck by mike oresco when he was the vice president of programming for cbs and that deal is, is still in place and will be until uh that 330 window moves over to espn but now cbs is going to pay more than they would have paid to hold on to that sec window they're going to pay more than that to get into the Big Ten business because they need programming in that window. Their affiliates need a big-time college football game. So after the Fox game on the Big Ten is over at noon, uh, you'll go right to the 3.30 window. And then after the 3.30 window is over at 7 o'clock, NBC is going to be carrying a primetime game. Um, and many weeks it'll be after a Notre Dame game is played. So they'll have a Notre Dame lead-in going into a Big Ten game. Both networks are paying reportedly, okay, it's not official yet, but uh, the reported number is in excess of $350 million for uh, an opportunity to broadcast either the second game in the Big Ten, second best game in the Big Ten, or the third best game. It's going to be rotating uh, between NBC and CBS from week to week. So you add all of that up. Plus, uh, apparently, uh, Peacock is involved. Maybe Amazon, too. We don't know yet because the deal's not done. But there will be a uh, streaming um, component to all of this. But uh, you add that into the uh, amount of money that Fox is paying, and uh, it's over a billion dollars, a billion five hundred million. Uh, that's what's wow. being reported. And um, the Big Ten will be on network uh, television for free from noon Eastern time or 11 central all the way until midnight or 11 PM central time. If you happen to be watching in that part of the country. So, you know, the winner is the consumer. More networks are carrying college football now, not just Fox and ESPN, but CBS stays in the business. NBC now isn't just a one trick pony for Notre Dame. Uh, They're going to be in the college football business and invested in it. And uh, it'll look a lot more like the NFL as, as it relates to having every network involved and invested in college football. Tim Brando, our guest, we talked last week about uh, Notre Dame maybe you know being able to move into the Big Ten, that this might be a move for them with NBC now holding uh, that contract. But at the same time, they could come out the big winner. There's estimates they might get around $60 million per year from NBC as far as the TV rights. But on top of that, they can get Big Ten matchups, even renew – the matchups like Notre Dame and Michigan. Um, There's a lot of upside there for Notre Dame as well, and also just the other Big Ten matchups they could have based on both having a relationship with NBC. Yeah, you know, uh, Jay, Notre Dame's always going to be a winner because they they are the brand. (laughs) 
And with apologies to my friends there in Tuscaloosa, I think you know this, for a long time, uh, Alabama's um, prowess as the, the Notre Dame of the South uh, was a compliment. But Notre Dame is still Notre Dame. Okay, I mean, it is. And so much of, of the early success stories that, that Alabama had stemmed from the success that they had uh, in playing Notre Dame and beating Notre Dame. And, of course, even when they lost to Notre Dame with Tom Gatewood and those guys when Eric Parsegian was coaching back in 73, the, the two, you know, were intertwined. Uh, Notre Dame is always going to be a winner, whether they choose to be independent or go to a conference. But I do think uh, NBC announcing that they've got the Big Ten contract now uh, – Puts, puts now the onus on, on Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, to determine uh, how much money he wants to leave on the table. Okay, there's the potential uh, that Notre Dame could um, join the Big Ten uh, and get over $100 million annually, okay, which is a lot more than $60 million. I think you would agree with that. <laughs> they would get over $100 million annually if they were in the Big Ten, or they could um, maybe with a wink and a nod – and, and maybe not going public, they could um, strike a deal with the Big Ten whereby they would remain independent and yet schedule no fewer than five games against Big Ten teams, many of which could be on the Big Ten network at night in prime time if they're away from home. Okay, so that Notre Dame would then be on NBC uh, with its, uh, its Notre Dame package and then maybe even be on NBC when they're on the road, or CBS when they're on the road, or Fox when they're on the road, by playing uh, a half dozen or so uh, Big Ten teams. That's the arrangement they have in the ACC right now. Uh, that's one of the things that uh, the ACC commissioner, uh, John Swafford at the time, uh, did when he brought Notre Dame in as a partial member. Uh, you know, they were a full-time member in all sports with the exception of uh, college football, but they guaranteed that they would play five ACC teams on their schedule. And and that was a real boon for a lot of the ACC teams, particularly with the gate at places like Wake Forest, North Carolina State, uh, and so on. They could do the same kind of deal and with a wink and a nod, uh, get some extra revenue that way without having to join the conference full time. It'll be interesting to see because uh, with the Big Ten now entrenched with NBC, uh, you know, Swarbrick has applauded that move, and, and maybe he knows something that we don't about the future of Notre Dame staying as an independent. They, they could do both and still make a lot of money. Nebraska is back in the news, and uh, the NIL deals, Dakotist Crawford uh, doing the SOS heating and air uh, commercial. Um, it's gone all over social media. It's been unbelievable, just the amount of, uh, of, of virally that it has spread out there. Uh, this was kind of the way it was meant to be, I think. Everybody thought, okay, you're going to find a local group, maybe in-state or in the community, that's going to promote or let you promote their product, and um, they're getting a big win off of this. But I'd love to kind of get your take on kind of where you see NIL right now. And we talked, I think, last week or maybe the week before about Tommy Turbo and, and Manchin as far as the legislation they're trying to put in place. I, I don't think we'll see it with midterms coming up get done. But um, how, right. what, what what's some of the concerns or things that are – how long do you think it will take before – Maybe there is some legislation federally around the NIL. Jay, they're going to have to get through the midterms before they can do anything. Uh, I, you know, the Tuberville man uh, Mansion bill that they've been working on, I think, is a, a sign of goodwill and and uh, really capitalism saying to the college football leadership, 
listen, we understand you need some help, and we're we're aware of that now. I don't know that that bill will ever become law, but the mere thought that they were working on it, and, and one's a Democrat and one's a Republican, is um, you know a significant sign. I do think that the midterms have to come and go, and, and I'm pretty sure that the leadership of college football uh, would like to see the House and the Senate governed by one political party. Might might make the things a little bit easier and streamline things more easily. And and by the way, it's not a political statement. I don't care who's in control of both. Right now, you can make a you know the case that uh, with the vice president being who she is, uh, Democrats have total control. If they maintain that, I still believe it could uh, could be done. And if it's taken away uh, by the Republicans, same thing. Uh, politics and sports do go together. It has since the beginning of time. And I think that the only way you can get unification or any stability to what is a really unstable set of circumstances that the NCAA left college football with, okay, they, they, they ran away from this. Mark Emmert ran away from it. Uh, you know, yeah. the O'Bannon case is over 15 years old. They did, they did nothing. So this is a predicament that, you know, the leadership of college football, you know, which, which I believe starts with the commissioners of the uh, five power conferences, and I think goes down to those of the five group of five conferences. They, they've been handed this. It's now their problem to deal with. And I think that they, they know what they need and that it's going to be help, uh, you know, from Capitol Hill. And I think that we can see some of that as it relates to just stabilizing the water some. That's all that the coaches want and try to diffuse this, uh, tampering that's taking place. In the combination of the NIL, we've got tampering taking place with the transfer portal. And I think that's the issue for all the coaches. Uh, and Saban has uh, touched on this many times. And I agree with Nick on that front. I mean, I absolutely do. Uh, but it's going to be probably next year before we can get to that point. Maybe when we are at this point next year having this conversation, we'll be able to see uh, the fruits of the labors of these people with time uh uh, you know, taking taking place. We've got to be a little bit patient with it. But but what's happening at Nebraska, what we've already heard about at Miami, the situation at SC with uh, the Blitnikoff winner, Jernigan, when he was apparently holding out, all of this is a byproduct of uh, the unstable nature of the NCAA allowing for the transfer portal to be what it was, understanding that they had, had just absolutely divested themselves of any concern about name, image, and likeness, and that they had left this for everyone else to deal with. College football has got to get away from the NCAA at this level. The top level of college football cannot, should not, and will not be a part of the NCAA moving forward. Always great stuff, Tim Brando. Tim, thank you, my man. Thanks, Tim. You got it, fellas. All right. Have a great week. Uh, Tim Brando, always great stuff coming from Tim love having him on and getting his take and his thoughts and he sees it from a lot of different perspectives been in the mm -hmm. business it would be tv and and understands those markets and uh how this thing's going to continue to play out it's gonna be interesting to watch all right so uh, we'll continue and uh, wrap up hour number two stay with us we're live from avx jay barker show lars anderson matt Coulter got the week off we'll be back and finish up hour number two we'll be back
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few scattered showers and storms are possible through the evening hours. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and storms possible again. The high, 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. from Tim Brando, TV contracts are unbelievable as far as the numbers. Over a billion dollars they're talking about for the Big Ten in this contract. The SEC, I'm not sure what it's going to get to ultimately, but I don't think it's near that. As I don't far think as, so. Yeah, I mean, the numbers I've seen is like, you know, 300-something million for one, maybe 200 million for the other. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they're, they're talking about with Peacock and Amazon that the Big Ten could reach a billion or over a billion dollars in this contract. So, when you look at that, um, the money being distributed to the teams, um, and, and again, we brought up as far as the contract with NBC, I mean, that opens so many doors to Notre Dame now to have great matchups, great TV matchups, which is going to bring more value for them uh, with NBC. And NBC is going to say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do this contract. If it's going to be right at $60 million. They talked $75 million at one time uh, with, with uh, Notre Dame and NBC. But now, because of the rights of having both, they can schedule these really great matchups at night for that NBC nightly game and also – Midday, uh, or you know, th- those normal kind of mid-afternoon games Notre Dame plays. The one gamble the Big Ten is making here is pulling away from ESPN. Yeah, because ESPN dominates how uh, the sports conversation is started and how it it goes throughout the country. It's the only uh, only network that is twenty four seven dedicated to sports, and uh, if you're not. In in uh, if you're not on ESPN, sort of how much will the Big Ten recede from the national sports conversation? Now, for a billion dollars, yeah. I think they're willing to take. It's not really a gamble, yeah. but they're willing to take that little hit because now the SEC is going to go. All, or, excuse me, the ESPN is going to be going all in on the SEC and mm-hmm. ACC basketball. I yep. mean, those are the two things, SEC football and, and ACC basketball, uh, When whenever that new, whenever the SEC's uh, contract is up. And I was just trying to look that up, and I couldn't find it uh, real quick. But. And, and we talked about this back when NIL started hitting. This is we're in the summer of 2020, and the, the transfer portal was being talked about. Then all of a sudden, NIL was like, okay, this is coming. We're like, you got to be kidding us, you know, now two years later, um, what we've seen with NIL and, and the progression of that. At that time, we made the statement that, hey, these contracts on TV are about to get into the billion-dollar mark or are going to get close to it. And they're scared that the players are going to come after them like a player association saying, hey, we deserve 30% of this or 40% of this. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like it is in the NFL. I think NFL is players get like 51 52% of the TV contracts. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. But I, I don't know if that made them want to do NIL so much more 
are quicker without the guardrails saying, look, we just want, we want their minds set on this more than anything else. All right, thanks to uh, all of our guys there at Tide 100.9 FM. Josh Smith, our producer as well. Matt Coulter will be back with us next week. And also, Lars Anderson, I'm Jay Barker. Thanks for listening each and every day. The Jay Barker Show, live from AVX. Hi, this is Wes McCullough.